Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. All right, here we go. What's Good Under the Hood. <laughs> Welcome to another edition with Craig Hood, owner of Mazda Columbia, Rob Sanders, Fox Sports Radio 1400. I wouldn't and know you that. are Rudolph My name over is here. Andy. I woke up this morning and I thought, oh, it's podcast day today. We're going to be, I uh, went to the restroom to get ready this morning. Those had a tumor on the end of my nose. Yes. And I thought at that point, maybe Rob and Greg can help me name my zit. Rudy. But it, Rudy. Rudy is good. Is it but a tumor or is it just your nose? It's just a zit. And I thought this morning, you know, because I'm getting older next month, I turned 57 in May. And I thought, this is a good sign. You're still going through puberty. I'm still going through Man. puberty and I have a zit. That is true. So, Rudy the zit. There you go. God love you. How you doing, Rob? I am doing well. I, I you know, I've got some stuff that, uh, we're, we're, you know, the the big cat Ernie Ladd. You know who Ernie Ladd is? Ernie Ladd was a guy that was like big in professional wrestling, and he would tell young folks, "Why don't you come on over here and get under the learning tree and learn something?" That's kind of what we do with uh, with our podcast. You sound here. like Chef on on. Uh, That's how Ernie Ladd sound. Yeah, Ernie like Ladd chef. was like seven foot tall, and he would just run around and. I was a Hank Renner fan. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> but. You know, we're, we're going to go to the learning tree today with Greg, and he's going to help me, especially with the first thing we're going to talk about, because the wife is trying to uh, lean on me a little bit to get one of these new trucks that uh, I think it's, is it a Chevy truck that we were talking about? Ford Maverick. The you should, Ford Maverick. There you go. You should do exactly what Karen says. I, I don't listen to her. But no, like, look, to tell you how much that I'm not paying attention to this, I didn't even know the make and model. I just kind of sent what I thought it was to Greg, and Greg's like, yeah, we'll talk about it, but the first thing that I noticed about this, Greg, is that it's nineteen thousand dollars for a for a pickup truck. So I will tell you this: it sure. looks pretty good, and it looks, I think, better than the Ranger. Mm-hmm. But the funny part about it is, if you look at all of the marketing, it's starting at nineteen nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. and that's if you want the bare bones, stripped down like work truck. Down yeah, there. listen. By the time you're all done and get anything that will pull a boat, like I just saw on the website, you better get the thirty thirty five thousand dollar version. And and that's and that's good because the the other the Rangers are and the uh, Colorados they're in the mid forties to fifties. The smaller right? trucks are. They are. They're a lot. Of, that's a mid sized truck. So okay. this is this is a smaller truck. I mean, it uh, to me it. I was assuming it was kind of a turd with wheels, but you yeah. know if you're gonna, I mean, it's hard even to find a twenty thousand dollar import of a Corolla or a, they don't make them. I mean, Mazda doesn't. We're like twenty three. 2223. So a $19,000 pickup. Mm, the old saying, you get what you pay for. Can I just tell her it's a shit bucket? It's a shit bucket. Okay. I, uh, that's that's kind of what I thought. But, you know, when you see it, my ad- friend Bill, the Ford dealer, probably won't appreciate that. Ah. What the heck? Well, <laughs> I'll have to make sure he watches the podcast. So but no, when I, it's, it's just funny though, because you see the ad for that and I, and they dress it up so well. And it looks like, man, this is a really good looking truck. But then, you read a little bit into it and you're like, why in the world would I buy that? You know, I mean, but if you go way back, so let's, let's don't <laughs> knock it all the way. I'll go. We're just used to all the good now. So if you go way back to Mazda, when they made a B2000 pickup or the Toyota made an 8100 or even Nissan had their little hustler, whatever it happened to be, they were inexpensive uh, pickups now that are worth lots of money because uh, nobody makes an inexpensive what were you laughing at? Little Hustler? <laughs> yeah, Don't name Little Hustler. It was a 73 and a half, and they came out, they changed the front end of the truck, yeah. and they were actually great. I would love to find one. The problem is they were pretty prone to rust, so there's not too many left. But yeah. um, 
you know, they, they had a purpose. You had an inexpensive pickup. And if it meets that job that kind of evaporated out of the market, then that's not a bad thing. I just, when I think, I look at it though, it just seems like just what you said, you, you get what you pay for. I think but... I struggle more with them calling a Maverick than I do with, you know, uh, entry-level trucks. So I remember the, I remember the cars that were Mavericks. Correct. They were like a Pinto kind of thing. Yeah, so the next truck they come out, they're going to call it the Taurus, just to really confuse it or what? (laughs) Or a probe, which I think we've discussed in the show again, which is the worst. And we probably won't do it. Well, if it it works out, then Dodge is going to come out with a truck called a Neon. (laughs) They'll start renaming things again. Why not? Well, they've been doing that stuff for a long time. But anyway, you know, I I guess I'm kind of hating on it, but I shouldn't be. It's it, It probably serves its purpose. It's not something I would select, but hey. Well, but and, and you mentioned the base price of, of $19,000, but you mentioned that if you want to get it where it's actually comfortable, I mean, you're going to spend at least 30, right? I would think. I mean, if you slide over, I didn't price one out, but right. I'm this ain't my first rodeo, so I've got to be close. You know, it has to be in the wheelhouse of that if you're going to get the better engine. And Take the, your pills, Andy. <laughs> is that what that alarm was oh, yeah. i think that was me oh take yeah. your pills greg <laughs> right, very good very good i'll have a couple aspirin thank you a couple of aspirin anyway but you know but the other thing that i really wanted to get into today with this show was we're at a point now where getting a new car especially with the chip shortage and the things that are going on overseas and drops in the supply chain and everything else are we at a point now where if you want a brand new car it's almost like a delayed delivery type thing where in theory you may have to wait six weeks to get a car. Do you think that's something that's going to go on even uh, once we get to a point where we have uh, all of the chips that we need to make the cars that we need? I think the manufacturers certainly like that because if you look at their profits, I mean, I think GM was down today. I saw it. They were last quarter. They did 2.6 billion. I think this quarter they did 2.3 billion, but their revenue is up. Who knows what the difference is in the money they made. But I think that a lot of these manufacturers are figuring out that if they don't have to stock all this inventory and plan for it, and now they work around it. And we touched on this earlier in conversations, but they can do it a whole lot more economically and they can um, make more money. They're giving way less incentive. They don't give anything to us really, other than if you're a firefighter or a nurse, you get a $500 or, uh, or a police officer, you get $500 rebate. And that's about it. I mean, we're not we're not getting much from a manufacturer, and I don't know that too many others are. I mean, I've seen a few uh, models out there might have a thousand dollars on them for financing or whatever. But the point is, is that the real problem that I see that I'm not seeing in those conversations that people are thinking about correctly, if we're doing this stuff because we have what we call in the industry, there are constraints. If you don't have all the parts to make the car, that's a constraint. So the way it used to happen in the old days when you place an order for a customer, because we've been ordering cars for a long time, uh, domestics do it differently than do imports. Imports is a little bit of a combination of getting what you want along with what they're producing. That may be shifting now. Matter of fact, it is with Toyota. I saw something today, but um, with Chevy or Chrysler products or whatever, when you go on there and you check all the boxes, you're checking the boxes. You want that rear end. You want that transmission. You want that color interior. And, and, uh, but I'll tell you a story and, and where it's going to create a problem. It's called a is, dating app. You can, is, you know, check yeah, out with that similar. rear end. Yeah, you, so, wanna... you go to matchchrysler.com. <laughs> swipe left, swipe right. I don't want that one. But the, the problem that we have, if we have constraints now, 
we're going to have constraints then. What's the difference for the customer other than the fact that they have to wait? The manufacturer thinks this is all great because they can probably, um, they have a lot more controllables. They know what they have to build. They know what they have to order. They know what they have to do. But the challenge is this. So I have a friend uh, who's in the automotive business, and I, I hope I'm going to tell the story right. Um, he's been a loyal Mopar guy forever, and he ordered a Ram uh, 3500 pickup. And one of the things that he wanted on it, I hope I'm getting it right, was they had the ability to have a monitor of the trailer tires that are behind you. There was an accessory that was available. Now, he specifically, and he's an employee of a uh, CDJR dealership. And when, thank you, Andy. That's Miss Monique calling. Yeah, make sure she's okay because she messaged me too. Hang on. Hold on to Miss Mo. Miss Mo's Monique's important. That's all important. Y'all continue. Anyhow, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Anyway, so when he ordered this pickup the way he wanted, and I'm going to guess it was an $85,000 pickup, maybe more, loaded to the gills, diesel, the whole bit. And the one thing that he really wanted of why, because he had to pick up like it before and he traded it or he sold it to get this other one, is he really wanted to be able to monitor what was going on with the tires on his trailer because he's pulling a, a fifth wheel or he's pulling something from his farm and they left it off. And they just, they made the decision because it was a constraint. They just left it off. So what happens is, is if you come into my dealership and you do an order, all of a sudden you leave it off and the order comes and you go, well, where's my sunroof? Well, I didn't have sunroof. So they went ahead and made it. Well, when that happens, you're meat because the guy's going, well, I don't want it. Now you got bad ill will. It, and, and I say this now, that was then. That was four years ago, three years ago when this stuff wasn't going on. If we think we have supplier problems, they're not going to change anytime soon. And so what they're trying to do is strictly economic, in my opinion. But on the other hand, when we step back for just a second, does as a local dealer, isn't it better for you to have less new cars as far as overhead on your No, I want market share. Okay. I want I want volume. And so if I can if if the competitor of mine, and that's what these guys need to worry about. If a competitor of mine uh, doesn't have inventory and he's a Toyota store and I have Mazdas, people if you wreck your car, can you wait eight weeks? No, that was going to be. If, if you throw a rod through the side of the block, can you wait eight weeks? <laughs> well, that was going to be my next thing is that uh, do you think that we may get to a point where people that would buy a new car are going to say, you know what? Why should I do that when I can I can go to Greg and Greg has a has a forerunner here with 20,000 miles on it. He's going to guarantee me that it's going to be good because it's going to be run through his shop and the quality checks that you guys put on. It'll probably would... help the used car industry is right. where you're you're heading down that path. And right. that's, that would be a, an upside for used car sales, but that will also run the prices up. That's supply and demand too. If we don't have the supply because now you've shifted some of that um, that purchasing away from new and it shifts toward used, and that keeps makes the prices go up, I I don't like to, I've waited for stuff before, uh, motorcycles, right, and I don't remember, my dad, I remember in, so in I'm an the 80s, buyer. my dad bought a Honda Accord back in, I believe it was 1980, and he and my mom waited for it for quite a while because they were on a list. It wasn't they got to pick the one they want, they were on a list to get a car. But yeah, we, we live in that microwave society now where it's like, I'm going this weekend to buy a car, and regardless of what happens, I'm going to buy a car. And the reality is, is that if you don't have those new cars, I mean, 
I just think we're going to get to a point like just what you were talking about, that people are just going to be turned off. You're telling me I can't come in and get a new car? That's- well, if if I'm the guy that has inventory and the guy, my competitor doesn't uh, in another brand, I win that game. So do I like this model? Not at all. I don't, I don't see it being beneficial for us at all. But do you see it getting any better anytime soon? You know, I don't even know what to think anymore. You know, I mean, when, when we have, you know, we're so world, such a world economy and everybody is so inextricably intertwined that you don't know what's coming and the decisions some government makes like China shut everything down. You lock down 25 million people and say, that's the way it's going to be. That impacts everybody else. You don't know that Putin's going to war and they make wiring harnesses in Ukraine and, and fertilizer and everything else. So, you know, we're going to, it creates all these other issues. So is it going to get any better? I would like to think it would, but you know, I'd like there to be some balance in it too. And it's like, everybody's careening toward this electric vehicle thing. I don't know. I, I don't know wh- how, once again, I, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist in the sense that there's some money changing hands somewhere that's causing, uh, this kind of full out, um, we're going after electric car business gotta be. Yeah. It it just, I don't like the idea of, Hey, I'm going to come to you and then, yeah, we'll have your new car for you in six weeks or eight weeks or however that's going to work. I mean, I've never had to deal with that when I'm buying a car. What happens if it doesn't show up in eight weeks? What what happens if I order a car and and then the ship sinks, like the one with all the Porsches and Bentleys and Volkswagens. Looks like you're going to be taking the Comet. Yeah, boy, I just can't wait for my Google reviews. You know what I mean? You got stuff going on there that's uncontrollable or there is a constraint and they decide to hold it. So they don't have uh, whatever that item you was. So they, they, what you was, they, anyway, they push it off to the side and say, we're going to hold this till we get that product. And your eight weeks turns into 10 or 11 or 12. I'm really running the risk of losing the customer. And then that car coming ordered in a way and we used to in the old days we called them bastards when a guy ordered a vehicle that was weird and i mean they ordered some weird stuff you know you got a guy that's got a sunroof and he wants roll-up windows i mean it just doesn't go together but they would well i'll tell you where i was was we took a lot of money to deposit on that car and they weren't getting it back because there's only one home for that car but you know that we don't want those either if they come weird or a customer just doesn't want them they order them a certain way that doesn't it's not very controllable for me and there's no upside in it there's there's no we're not going to make more money in theory they're saying that we then are more limited to their thinking that article is thinking that we're more limited to what we can sell them for too is it at a point though where do you have the ability to gripe and complain and and, and if so are they just telling you tough luck deal with it I learned this is a blanket statement for the automotive industry. Yeah. It does you no good. I mean, we have a dealer council for that. So if I'm on the dealer council, that I'm not. But if that gave me a chance to voice my concerns or speak for the other dealers. But from me, you know, I'll give feedback to my district manager and she'll say, okay, well, I'll run that up the flagpole. I mean, usually I'll say, don't bother. I'm just talking. No, no, I'll tell them. I, I just don't. I'm not going to say she's wrong. I love the gal. She's just an awesome district manager, but I don't think it has any weight. So, and especially from the manufacturing side up the food chain there, I'm a nobody. But on that front though, if someone is, is dead set that they want a new car, I mean, what's your advice to them? Do you advise them come to, come to Mazda of Columbia? Well, of course, there come to go. Mazda of Columbia. Mazda of Columbia. Com. That's Mazda of exactly. Columbia.com. I've got, I've got to, I've got to be able to speak like that, but, no, when they come to you, though, and they, they want that car, do you advise them to go ahead and order it? Or do oh, you- yeah. Well, I mean, listen, 
we'll pre-sell. I mean, if we've got inventory that's inbound, which we do, um, and I have a gap here. I'll have about a mid early to mid-June, I'll start seeing cars again. So I'm going to run a whole month um, probably not having a car in the showroom. And that's going to be very, very difficult. But are we going to pre-sell? Yeah, we'll, we do now, but we'll sell out of that pipeline. The problem is once that pipeline starts coming, I'll still have no cars. Good news is I at least have some to deliver and make money on, but we're still going to have to sell out of that pipeline. Well, you mentioned you have no cars, though, but as far as new cars, but you'll have used inventory there, right? Yeah, only because um, I'm buying. So I'm, I am pretty uh, careful normally about what I spend on a car. And I try and keep that that number low. I'm, I got a lot r- less risk than buying a twenty one something that's yeah. a year old that's fifty thousand dollars. Buy low, sell high. Got right. It. But if I want to keep my trade wheels rolling, I have to buy some newer stuff. So I'm buying some more heavies than I normally do, because as I run out of inventory, I need to have cars that will be able to bring me trades in that trade cycle as well. I can't just buy my way into the game because if I you know, I may pay the same thing at an auction to a customer, but I don't have transportation and auction fee. So, you know, they cost me more money and I really can't see them, put my hands on them and drive them until they get here. So there's a little crap shooting it, even though I have somebody that's inspecting them and they do a really, really good job at the auction I buy from, um, you're still going to miss stuff. I'll miss stuff in my speed of going through and trying to buy the car. And then you get there and you go, I've had a couple of them. I just ran them back through because I'm, I'm not going to, I didn't catch it. I'm not going to spend that kind of money. All right. So how, how often do you have one where you miss? And we're not trying to, you know, to, to nail your nail your bad stuff to the wall. But I mean, you do this all the time. And you mentioned that some of them are like, uh oh, how often does that happen? Um, probably one out of 60, 70. That's not bad odds. Those are good That's numbers. pretty good. Oh, yeah. But when, <clears throat> when you aren't, it's pretty good until you take a hit on one. I mean, I had one, I took about a four grand hit on. Um, because, and it wasn't an arbitratable thing. It was something that I just missed and it was my fault. Um, what was I, it? I'm curious. I can't what was even it? remember. Yeah. Um, oh, I know what it was. Huh. It, it, um, it had a branded title and it wasn't a salvage title. It was a branded title it, and it was branded for a reason. What was the reason? Branded I, title means. Yeah. Define branded title. Well, I mean, it could dummies. be a, a, it could be a theft recovery okay. where, the, but the insurance company paid it off, so it was a total loss. But just because it's a total loss doesn't mean it was a totaled vehicle. Yeah. So it didn't get into a wreck, but it's still a branded title. And so from and what I learned was, uh, you know, I'm asking, well, why don't you uh, red light a branded title? Because the title's bad, but the car's good. Yeah. Well, I better start reading better. So I yeah, just that's that's a. Uh... That's a heck of a sandwich to have to bite there. It is. <laughs> I mean, you're talking, sandwich. yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's the risk we take. Um, I, I certainly like buying from, I'd rather pay more money to a customer standing right in front of me, especially if they've been in my service drive. If they've had their car there, I'm going to pay stupid money for the car because I know what I need to do to it when it gets there or that I've already done it. They've spent the money. And so I'm going to give them some of that money back. And of course, if you want to get a car, you got to go to Mazda of Columbia anyway. Trade your, trade your car in. And right? if you want to get your car serviced, Mazda of Columbia service department's top notch as it well. Is. Pretty good. Yeah. I like, he always says top notch. Top notch. Top, top notch. That's top an Andy notch. word. That's I think right. Top Andy, shelf. Andy, Andy top created shelf. that word. 
I would say top shelf, but top shelf indicates more expensive if you guys are Cinco not. Cinco de Mayo is coming. You know, top shelf. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I love Cinco Hola. de Mayo. All yeah. right, brother. We should have. What day is Cinco de Mayo on this year? It's like the, the May fifth. May fifth. Well, <laughs> no, she not. You said what? <laughs> what day? I meant day, as in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, well, hold whatever. On, hold on, I'm looking at right right seven now. choice. Uh, if we're having a show, if we're it's doing Thursday, podcast. it's ne- it's not it's it's Thursday. It's on next Thursday. Thursday. We next should Thursday. We should do a podcast. We should do a tequila infused No, we're not podcast. doing anything right. of this sort. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks Hit for listening. Hit the notification bell, please. And please do that. Greg Hood of Mazda of Columbia. Rob Sanders, me, Andy Woods. What's good under the hood? Amen. Amen.